Welcome to the Two Marketeers podcast, where marketing swashbucklers, Sean and Lindsay, seek to demystify the fascinating world of modern marketing. Each episode takes listeners on a storytelling adventure that informs, entertains, and inspires marketing enthusiasts of all kinds. And now, here are your hosts, the two marketeers themselves, Sean Patrick and Lindsay Wow! Yeah! Woo! Take the stage! Hello. hello. Oh, hello. Hello. Sean what Patrick did you say? Buongiorno. Buongiorno, say Lindsay Buongiorno. Come se dice. Let's have ceviche. <laughs> I, I don't say. know. <laughs> I don't know. Come se dice ceviche. Ceviche. <laughs> e ceviche, ma. I, I end every sentence in Italian with ma, because the only time I speak Italian is with my mom, my mother-in-law. Ceviche, ma. Eh? Mama, and she's deaf. Dice dumpling. <laughs> Pasta. <laughs> I have a funny story about that that I'll tell you some other time. Okay. About the how do you say. <laughs> oh, I have lots of stories about that. Yeah. You can just imagine me saying the wrong thing. I say the wrong thing in my languages, my mother languages, because I have many. Me too. Two. Can I tell you my rejuvenated spirit today am i the rejuvenated spirit you're ta- you're telling or you're talking about your rejuvenated spirit i'm talking about my rejuvenated spirit okay because i feel that i feel because it. i look like do you i look like a 90 year old um lady who just moved to florida and is ready to embrace living her best life can you send me a, a selfie we'll yeah do you want to see what i look like right now yeah so funny, Cam, taking a picture. Because I still look like a six foot two garden gnome. I look so like Oh, dear God. Maybe I shouldn't send you a picture. This isn't good. Why? We won't post it if it's bad. <laughs> I promise we won't oh, post no, it. Oh, no, I have a 10 second countdown. Sorry. It's going to be a 10 second countdown so I can get my look together. <laughs> get it together. That's a lot of time. Okay, I'll send you the selfie. So I feel like. It's so crazy with this lock, this like pandemic, because we're in lockdown mode right now in Toronto. So for anyone who's listening to this, it's uh, late November. And, um, and for anyone who's listening to this, Lindsay has been in lockdown mode since March. So. Oh, yeah. I haven't gotten out of that. So, <laughs> so yeah. you know, it's same, same day. But you go through these ups and downs where you're like, oh, the pandemic's killing me. And I really wish that it was over. And then you go through other days where you're like, no, I'm adapting to this thing. I, I love a this. New- yeah, right? Like, this is going to be my new life. I bought a new kettlebell. I started kettlebell workouts this morning because I'm like, ah. I can't let this mediocre body go to waste. I got a cheapy new little <laughs> shirt that I'm wearing that's like head to toe leopard, which is why I look like a 90-year-old Nana ready to move to Florida. And I'm trying to correct my computer-induced migraines with these new blue light glasses that I got, which you'll be able to see in my selfie I sent you. But they are... I don't see gigantic (laughs) gold rimmed cat eye blue light glasses. So honestly, I look like I'm ready to settle into retirement with a glass of champagne and my fur coat head to toe leopard and gold rim glasses. But why weren't you all ready? I mean, come on. This is the real Lindsay. 
I love this. Yeah, it's true. I actually normally look like this. But I want to see. No, you don't. Like I, I we had a no? call this week. Okay. And I, I could tell you had another client because you were wearing a nice blouse. I don't know if you were wearing pants, but your hair. You did your little, you know, sort of no nonsense intellect. Uh, oh, when I'm trying to look neck. smarter than I am. Yeah. Yeah. You were that, and I'm like, God. And it made me think, God. Okay, so how long has Lindsay been working from home? Okay, because I look at me now. Where you're, you know, today I had a a call this morning with a client in the UK. And I had to be early. And I the best I could do was a black sweatshirt. <laughs> this is your locked or your wave like is... to pandemic <laughs> rejuvenation, a black sweatshirt. But I've but oh, I've did you hear that like ping? This. That's yeah. me delivered. Oh, you, you look the same. I don't see what I thought you were gonna say you look <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> I I Oh, it's a blouse. Like I thought oh, it would yes. be like like a like something that was borderline sleepwear. Like Oh, like a onesie. Oh, no. I'll put that on later. Send you another one. Like a full leopard onesie head to toe. Yeah, I got that. No problem. Nice. Right? See? Yeah, I'm wearing a blouse. Love a blouse. the glasses. Those glasses are killer. Aren't they? And they're blue light. But I look like an old Nana. Like, this is the best. No, this don't. is my new look. It is a good look. You don't look like a Nana. Your I'm hair's a little crazy. Your hair, I think I see that hair that you burnt away in Italy 10 years ago, but... Yeah, that's, I'm kind of in between a crop hairstyle and long hair. Do you see the part that's like cut off by my ear? Yeah. yeah. That's, that is Italy. I'd burnt that off many years ago. It's a honeymoon. Anyway. Day. That's a whole other I'm episode. feeling good. I feel like this is what you can do. You can surrender and lay under the couch and cry, or you can buy yourself a couple cheap and cheerful little surprise and delights for your own self and hold your head high and move forward. I just did that. I just went online uh, and shopped and bought myself some long overdue pajama shorts because maybe that's too much information, but that's what, what I What are to pajama bed. shorts? It's loungewear. It's like total leisure cotton? Wear. Yeah, like uh, jersey. Oh, jersey. But I wear shorts oh, because yeah. it, anyways, they're so comfortable. I'm so happy. And there was like this crazy sale. So I bought three pairs. So on your call this morning, did you have your pandemic black sweatshirt and your jersey shorts? I can't even say jersey, jersey shorts. No, I had jeans on. Your jersey shorts? On? Now, to be fair, and I bought this sweatshirt online. It's Kit Nace, which is my new go-to. I know. You love them. Yeah, Kit Nace, man. Because it's, I mean, it's a sweatshirt. It's pretty hot. It's pretty cool. Highly Should recommend. our podcast out of be Canada. about more outfits of the day and less marketing mumbo jumbo? Love it. Except after the it. first episode, nothing become changes. Fashion influence. <laughs> yeah, we have one outfit collectively. Like all I wear, I'm wearing jeans today. That's clothes. Usually all I wear is like a warm up pant, like what I wear to the gym with my shorts underneath. So like sport pants, like whether it's Lulu, Nike, whatever, that's what I wear. And I, I know that for a fact because with the renovations, we've been moved out of our room for about three weeks now, four weeks. And, um, I basically got three little cubbies and everything I wear or have worn over those three weeks are in those cubbies. I have less and less need for clothes. Yeah, so you could just get rid of the rest of your closet. That's what they say that you should wear something and then turn the hanger around so that you see what you actually wear in your closet over the course of a month and you'd be shocked that it's 10%. And I'm like, but I don't want to because I like my things. Yeah, I know. I, can't, I don't want to get rid of them. Yep. I have something to hang on to. Yeah. So anyways, we just finished our um, our last episode, which is going to be all about uh, unboxing. The magic of the unboxing experience. 
It's all about Christmas. Uh, is Monday, December 1st? Today is, is today is Thursday, November 26th. It's Tuesday. So Tuesday, December begins, right? Oh my goodness. How did that happen? We are one month, (laughs) we are one month away from Boxing Day. How perfect. What? Unboxing Day. There's going to be an, so that means if the 26th is Boxing Day, the 25th should become Unboxing Day and Christmas just goes away. No. That would make it, I was reading something this morning that was like, hello, generic holiday season. (laughs) That we're not going to give to any religion or specific group of people. It's now just called Unboxing Day. I think it's good. No. So with that, it's that now Christmas can't go away. Are you kidding? It's honestly the happiest Christmas time of the Christmas isn't going anywhere. It's my favorite time. I think it's the most wonderful time of the year. <laughs> wow. So, you know, Christmas and a lot is going to change this year um, for everyone. and. I thought, well, we think Christmas is was always what it was when we were kids. And it's like, no, it's, you know, it was every generation. It's changed in some ways. And, you know, you and I have to agree. You have no choice. But Christmas is a <laughs> Christmas. I'd is like a to commercial. disagree in advance. I disagree. Park that. Okay, can we park that? <laughs> I'm uh, a spicy a old lady that. today. Let's do I, it. I hate that when people say put a pin in that. Ew. Go ahead, try. I'll put a pin We're in your park eyeball. It, put it in the parking lot. This is a come to Jesus moment. <laughs> Literally. Oh, well, no, I can't say that. Can we take that Anyways. offline? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. We should you do know an what? entire one like a, like a, a debrief in an no, agency meeting sh- room. Yeah, we should do a marketing bingo and <gasps> let people play along. And as many marketing terms as you could stamp, if you get a full bingo card, then you get a new bathroom from Sean Patrick. (laughs) (laughs) You get to use my new bathrooms? Does that help? You get to come over and use the bathrooms. You better save up. And only virtually. Oh my gosh, Lindsay, I think that's brilliant. A Christmas bingo. bingo. Ready for bingo. Marketing. Okay, marketing lingo bingo. Oh my gosh, lingo bingo. Lingo bingo. People, Lindsay likes to think she doesn't cross over into the creative lane. She she just actually mentioned that, and what she doesn't understand is she's one of the most creative people I know. She just likes to wear glasses Dude, and thinks she's Dude, we are going to launch a full-on board game called Lingo Bingo. Marketing Lingo Bingo. And then it can go like, okay, branding Lingo Bingo. Yes. And then Sean's sorry, bathroom everyone, Lingo Bingo. This is an awful idea, but we're doing it. <laughs> we're 100 OP doing I lo- it. I love how you, uh, how you pitch that. That's when people, they feel so insecure and they're like, so here's the bad idea is, but and like, it's actually their best idea and, but they like frame it up with, here's a bad idea. Yeah. We always had this whole, it was almost like a bingo, but whenever we had to pitch our, our creative to clients and whether it was live events or digital or print, it was always be careful what you present because you always had to do multiple ones and then you always created your throwaway. And it was always like, be careful of the throwaway because if you're not careful, they will be going to love it. Right. And as the yeah, person who has so to true. execute it, you're like, shit. You're like, who let Susan from accounting throw her bad idea in the ring? When we said there are no bad ideas, we were wrong. I'm sorry, Sue. You out. Oh, Susan. There's a new name. Okay, so let's Susan? talk about this holiday. So it's all about okay, the sorry. holidays. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Christmas is a commercial holiday, like it or not. And 
marketing, I was like, you can't tell me that marketing didn't create Christmas as we know it today. And Bold statement, Sean Patrick. But, you know, okay. Did marketing create Christmas? Yeah. Without marketing. Tiny tuxedo baby Jesus. <laughs> what? Say that again. <laughs> Remember from Talladega Nights when he's like, I want to hang out with tiny baby Jesus in a tuxedo t-shirt. <laughs> No. I love that. I'm going to have to look in the edit. Whatever you said the first time was brilliant. But anyways, <laughs> listen, um, I don't say it with pride, but I say that, you know, we talk about marketing with meaning. We talk about, you know, when marketing isn't a bad thing um, and, you know, what drives marketing. And you know what? As long as Christmas is a happy time that gets us all through what is right now is, you know, it's the only thing that starts getting us through as here in Canada uh Toronto to be specific you know it's gray it's cold it's not there's no snow I don't know what's going on there's no daylight all that kind of stuff is I just look at this you know why (laughs) has it weathered this storm and of course there's the Christian part of it and there's the name Christmas which we're not allowed to say anymore but I think it's it's really weathered the storm because it's just exactly the time with that and New Year's it's exactly what we need to kind of ramp up for another 300 and say, what, 50 some days? Because I took the week between the two out. I'm not that dumb. Well, sometimes I am. <laughs> so I did a little digging. And I, it, is it okay if I go first? I guess. I Please. I think it's so cute that I asked, though. I know. You're just going to go. So go. Go ahead. So I'm just going to run through it. I don't I don't have a lot of commentary. Um I think we but can talk about But you know I after. always have a little commentary up my sleeve. Exactly. So please feel up free. Up my so- leopard sleeve. So. The- <laughs> oh, festive. See, like, for example, <laughs> some would argue that leopard is now a festive thing because, you know, leopard pajamas and it's warm and it's comfy. Really? Like- I would argue that leopard is the new black. Leopard is the new basic staple. But only marketing will make that true. True. Anyways. So I dug into the archives, as you know, I love to do. And tried, you know, I literally started looking for commercial, right? Commercial Christmas, marketing Christmas and all that stuff. And so I, I dug back and I love this website. It's called The History of Information. How's that for specific? Um, and it's specifically about information and media. So I thought that was pretty cool. Oh. The first thing I could find about any kind of commercial link to the holiday, to Christmas, was, can you guess what it was? What what kind of Christmas item it was? Uh, stocking. Nope. It was a Christmas card. Oh. So yes. it was the first. It was a uh, May first, eighteen forty three. So think of the timing. That there. was the birth of the Christmas card. Well, it's when this um, English academic illustrator john calcott horsley designed the first commercially produced and printed christmas card so even from a timing he was hired by an english civil servant uh an inventor henry cole so this person was thinking ahead right like it was Hmm. may 1st and he's thinking i need to get this out there right and if i'm going to be i need a lot of carrier pigeons you got to think of it right (laughs) but uh you thought supply chain was an issue today yeah right um So basically, this London publisher of children's books collaborated on this project and put his his company, his publisher of children's books 
company imprint on the card and sold them at his Summerlee Home Treasury office. It was basically, um, this was a pseudonym for sort of any collaborations these guys did. So there was some real strategy there. Interesting. The card, which read a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to you, was controversial because it included a picture of a family with a small child drinking wine together. The child was drinking wine? Well, yeah, actually he is. Man. He, she, it's hard to tell. They all had long hair. I'd love um, to live in the 1800s. This possibly contributed to its commercial success. So again, right? The idea the of that controversy. Yes. Ah. With, two, with two printings totaling 2,050 cards sold in 1843 for one shilling each. So they had to actually do a, f- a second printing. First, it was 1,000 copies, and then I guess they needed to top it up by 50. So it was, ended up being 2,050. Um, there's still, like... There's because a surviving of the example of the demand for these cards? Yes. Wow. Which didn't exist before. I want to see what this looks like. Do you have an image of this? Yeah, you just have to Google first Christmas card. Like, it's everywhere. Okay. The card so recently sold, you know, a living, existing copy of it, sold for 22,000 pounds in auction. Sheesh. So I just thought it was like, okay, and anytime you, 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 you do start looking history of commercial Christmas, they always, there's different <laughs> things, but they bring it back. This card is the first image that comes up. No Confirmed. Santa Claus. The kids are drinking wine. Right? No Santa Claus. No Jesus, I don't think. So I thought that was just really interesting because even then it was just about, it was about a celebration. Right. So how does what was originally uh, something created to offset a pagan holiday um, turn into just a time of celebration with family and friends? We're going to post, I think we can post an image of it or a link. Sure. For our Christmas card this year, the Two Marketeers Christmas card, shall we um, replicate this with us as part of this Oh my God, can gathering? I be Jesus? Oh wait, there's no Jesus. There's can I be no the Jesus. kid drinking wine? I was just going to say, I want to be the kid drinking wine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be the old bald guy on the left, so we're done. And I'll be the baby drinking. No, I think with your new look, you can be the grandma. Okay, that's cool. I'll be the grandma. Either you'll way. You'll be the she-she grandma. Whoever's having the most wine, that's me. Okay. <laughs> oh my god we so should put this on a christmas okay brilliant stay tuned we, to we your mailboxes <laughs> we have to stay away from telling everyone our brilliant ideas because they'll steal them lingo bingo this sweet christmas card i'm releasing ideas into the world like oprah on you get a new car day you get a new you... card day you just have to change one letter right and you get an idea and you get an idea and you get a new car <laughs> Oh, did you guys misunderstand? You're just getting cards. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is and that a Merry why Christmas to you. <laughs> okay. Uh, and then I'm going to jump right to this great article. And it was posted at Skyward, it's called. Uh, S-K-Y-W-O-R-D. I mean, it's a great article. It's from 2017. But what I, was, I always go, okay, so what's the source? And why are they writing about this? And Skyward is a content marketing company. So... It okay. makes sense. So the the article is how holiday marketing built the holidays, the story of our commercial Christmas. Hmm. And I'm going to read from it because it's so well written. It just says it right there. It's a little bit of an eye opener. The imagery of Christmas can be inherently nostalgic. Christmas trees, houses covered in lights, wholesome holiday movies, and stockings over the fireplace. There you go, Lindsay. Stockings over the fireplace all seem to evoke the simpler times of the holidays of our childhood. Right? Right. 
On a slightly more cynical note, endless shopping lists, the chaos of Black Friday, and the Christmas music that begins to play in stores in October can make us feel nostalgic for an era we weren't even alive for, one that existed back in our grandparents' day, or maybe even before. A time when the holidays weren't dictated by holiday marketing and Christmas wasn't all about consumerism. Blah, blah, blah. Clearly this person is younger than me. Here's a, <laughs> so this is, the, this is the kicker. Here's a secret though. That time doesn't exist. Boom. Like people thought there was a simpler time and it didn't exist before commercialism? Consumerism. Yeah. Like, this is my point. Santa Claus? You know, we, we were raised to think that these things always existed. And then we kind of forget that, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> Did Santa Claus exist at such a time? No, he didn't. This is such a chicken and egg situation. It is. So the whole idea here, they talk about like, North American general is the creep of consumerism into Christmas occurred at the same time that the American Christmas as we know it, I'll say North American, today began. The two trends, the rising popularity of Christmas and the increasing commercialization of it went hand in hand, with one influencing the other until Christmas built itself into the season-long celebration we know today, and marketing spurred on both of these trends simultaneously. Are people going to be so sad to hear that? <laughs> no, because, that, you know, they, she does, the, the, the writer of the article does state that it's like on a cynical note, right? Yes, totally. Yeah. I mean, you know, it is what it is, right? Yeah. Like, it's like, okay, well, dispute it. I'm open to that. But it's like, look, that's just the part we have to realize. Marketers' role wasn't just in the obvious areas of convincing people to buy more Christmas gifts. Instead, marketing is behind some of the most iconic symbols of Christmas, from classic traditions to beloved stories. And the story of how this happened can provide some fascinating insights into how marketing can help shape a society. Interesting. I love that. Unfortunately. I know. Yeah. Unfortunately, I love it. But here's where I thought historically, um, it's, you know, so what changed? You know, what was Christmas before? Before what? And, you know, at the time that this gentleman, I'll call him a gentleman because he's from the 1800s and has a really British name, who commissioned this Christmas card and what the Christmas card conveyed. And it was just about celebrating being together, right? Right. So has it really changed? Like, you could take that card and send it to people and people would be like, wow, Lindsay definitely needs a new hair wrap. <laughs> That's what the woman's wearing, I think. But you know, so be what like, changed? no, that's too many people at one table. That's against lockdown. <laughs> masks. Limits. Oh my god, and we'll take the card and we'll put masks on it. Okay, I gotta stop giving my brilliant ideas away. Okay, so what changed? Well, for one thing, America became more industrial and more urban. So we've talked about this before, right? Right. Culture evolves, society evolves, economies change. And, you know, if we go back to when I say, you know, when did marketing get so complicated is the idea was there was a really healthy economy. But sometimes it's also bad things happen. So this caused a bit of nostalgia in the American people for simpler times, as well as an obsession with establishing family traditions as a refuge from the industrial world. So I'll tell you, as the son-in-law of... Uh, of in-laws that came from another country no one preserves their italian heritage better than canadian italians versus right. italians so the family that's still in italy my in-laws would always less bring traditional it back to. than yes yeah. absolutely absolutely right. so and also they'll make certain tra north american traditions their own in their own way in really trying to embrace new things right so they become this real catalyst for taking the old and the new and combining them in ways that work best. Yeah. So. 
But I feel like you, that statement that you said around um, longing for simpler times and creating yes. new traditions, and like you could say that today as easily as you could have said it then, which is so awesome. You said it last, I say last week, oh my gosh, we had a, an episode on Monday. When you listen to it and hear how brilliant you are, that's what you say. Like, I don't want right. this Christmas to suck. That's like, I need this Christmas <laughs> to go well. I need I need to put that extra effort for the people that I haven't seen in so long and I'm not going to see. What am I going to do? So it's yes. exact, that spirit of Christmas. So that's why I don't think it's negative because it's just that we have means of communicating and the thing that's most important is that what we communicate and now more than ever has more meaning than just the commercial. Yeah. However, the commercial enables you to convey that thought. What is that special gift I'm going to buy? I'm going to go out and look for that special thing. Well, you're not going to find it if marketing didn't exist. Right. So I thought that yeah. was pretty I don't deep. think it's negative either. I think it's a, if anything, you know, people are saying we're going to come out of this pandemic realizing how resilient and resourceful we actually are as people, which is a really important lesson to be learned in the human experience. And I feel like that applies so much more to Christmas than it ever has. Like this isn't just another Christmas with the same old uh, um, crazy amount of stuff you would get from Toys R Us. Like this, for some reason, it's like we need to prioritize, make this special, create magic, but have simplicity and be in the moment. Like when other, when can you imagine any other Christmas when you've had such importance on those things? No, like for me, like never. I'm putting a lot of pressure on it. Yeah, I think the only other time would be like my child's first Christmas where you're like, I'm going to make this special. It's going to be magical. But you're just so tired. <laughs> I was going to say. Exactly. <laughs> and beaten down that you're like, you know, <laughs> we'll take the pictures and roll and roll on. But now, and now it's okay. like. And every picture you see of people with newborn, you're like, they went, she went and cried after this picture. Yeah, because it's the first so time she showered tired. since the baby was born. Exactly. Because you had a relative to hold the baby. But now it's like, I don't, I think the, the interesting shift towards meaning yeah is is actually such an important lesson yes and meaningful marketing so I, the the last part i'll read about this is it drove what i said about my in-laws who are italian is americans or north americans began adopting old world european christmas traditions so think about it you know it was about displaced people whether they chose to or not looking for something new and when they were when they had to find that new, they also missed home. And when you think of this melting pot that the U.S. is and what you know, what we call the toss salad that we are, it's about what, you know, what's the, how do you continue to evolve that into something that's yours? And that's why Christmas is a mishmash. If you go historically, like, well, Santa Claus came from the Dutch and the Christmas cheese came from the Germans and the French, who knows, anything baked. Uh, I know French Christmas Canadian. Fondue. Christmas fondue. Yeah. French Canadian. We had tortier. Oh, tortier. I know. So this year, because my mother passed last year, for the first time I'm saying, you know what? I'm making tortier. Never done it before. I'm making it. And it's going to be a tradition from now on. So I just think of those things. And that's the beauty of Christmas is at a time where it was first evolving, say this Christmas card, things weren't instantaneously communicatable or shareable, right? So it took a while for things to evolve. And the thing that made Christmas a universal thing was the need to market. Right. Right? And so, as I said, you know, North Americans began adopting old world European Christmas traditions to bring their families together. Christmas trees were copied from traditions of German immigrants, for example, while Santa Claus had been originally brought over by the Dutch. 
So mm. in the days before instantaneous communication, though, it would have taken quite a while for these traditions to spread throughout the entire country, let alone the globe. That's where marketing set, stepped in. And then okay. it just goes into like, you know, one of the big drivers of, of marketing in Christmas were, were turn of the century uh, women's home magazines. And others yeah. sort of what they call the penny press. So like like publications. Because that's where they started giving ideas. And they could see that like, oh, I'm going to give them ideas for what to do for Christmas. That didn't exist before. So they, were, they saw that opportunity of the occasion to promote specific things to specific people. Where it was a time that was more universal than anything else. Where the behaviors were similar across a very broad demographic. Yeah, I was just going to say the behavior and the desire was there. So it's not like they were... They weren't um, making something that wasn't wanted. Yes, exactly. You're not... I think that's where marketing gets such a bad rap about things like this and holidays is that it's... You weren't shoving this down people's throat and brainwashing them. The behavior was there to want to celebrate and gift and show people how much you love them and be with them. And brands decided to play a role in that, which largely escalated the situation <laughs> yeah and i mean santa claus as we know him today do you know what brand brought that like seized that opportunity they didn't invent him but they seized the commercial opportunity and they still do today i really want to say that it's a chocolate company nope <gasps> it's something not good for you but alcohol we've we've had them as a client you and i <sighs> holidays are coming holidays are coming oh coca-cola i'd like to teach the world to sing. I mean, come on. They have owned it. Isn't it so funny that you can just sing that to me and I know who it is? Yeah. There's that, what is it? Multi-sensory branding. Oh, man. Sonic branding at its best. Anyways, isn't this... By the way, I we know. love working on Coca-Cola for one thing. Yes. It's Coca-Cola. They commissioned... Right. You know, that makes so much sense. Yeah. I knew it was some sort of like CPG. Exactly. Like in the early 1900s, Ivory, Ivory Soap did a promotion where two little kids are kneeling in front of the fireplace and with a bowl of water and a bar of Ivory Soap because they, they're they worried that Santa will get dirty coming down the chimney. So Ivory Soap would be like... Oh, that's so cute because when you originally mentioned it, I was like, are they getting soap for Christmas because they have nothing? Is this one of those ads that I... Can't stop watching and crying too, but I don't want to see ever again. Yeah. And there's that <laughs> there's that aspect of Christmas, right? Yeah. It is a time that at what point do you realize you have everything you need and you need to start looking at that giving going outside of, you know, yourself. So yes. Coke owns it. Coke owns Santa Claus. Uh, Santa Claus as we know him today wouldn't have existed. They still use him because they own him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So... What I realized by this article, which is so good, it is unbiased. And to me, it's undeniable. And what I take out of it is my own quote. Christmas is a product of what we now refer to as content marketing. Yes. Yeah. Christmas stories. Literally, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer came from Montgomery Ward in the 30s, I think. Uh, Christmas songs. Christmas carols, a lot of them are commercial or they're for the sake of promoting an artist, Right. I know. And people are even, you know, thinking of different ways to leverage old content approaches like Christmas stories now to say, yeah, like, do we do the 12 days of Christmas where we release parts of a Christmas story every day on Instagram, like things like that, where you're still taking the same approach to content, but using different channels and behaviors to get it in front of people for them to be able to have that nostalgic feeling. A few things I know I learned 
for example, is a lot of this traditional stuff you were talking about, this traditional content becomes public domain and is becoming public domain just because of lapse of rights and how that world works. But it's it's that Christmas songs, Christmas stories. I mean, go into the history of a Christmas inspired story. They're rarely about good things. <laughs> right? That's the same with like children's nursery rhymes. Yeah. We've shaped them into positive things. The ones that are of lore, um, have been shaped to be positive as opposed to most fairy tales were were designed to scare children to not do things they weren't supposed to do. Right. Where now they're really about, okay, so what's the moral to be learned here? Yeah. So exactly. Christmas songs, Christmas movies, Christmas cards, any decoration you can think of, the traditions themselves, eggnog or, or uh, mistletoe, all that stuff. And not the least of which marketing... And the content gave birth to Santa Claus, Rudolph, Frosty. I'm sure there's others. So what? Right? They're all things that bring us joy. I'm fascinated. And it was kind of the aha moment was, you know, you and I, I, I hate to say, oh, do you do content marketing? Oh, yeah, I'm, a, I'm an expert. But I kind of say I've been doing content marketing because I've been creating content since I came out of school as a designer and a, and a creative director. But it's it's that idea of content marketing. It, it is aptly named, but it's been around. And I think how Christmas has evolved is an excellent case study with all the stuff we've been saying about brands is, you know, how can you contribute to the needs of the people at this time? And make relatable stories around them. Make them happy in ways beyond just your product or your offering, but through your brand. Make things happen. Yeah, yeah exactly. I think that kind of perfectly flows into um, kind of the perspective that I wanted to bring today was more around, you know, what are those experiences from brands now? So if mm. we look at the 2020 Christmas season and we talk about, you know, some of their roles to make people happy and things like that. So what are people actually doing or what are brands actually doing this holiday season already? And what is the role that they're trying to play in people's lives? And um, I can say that the Christmas advertising showdown has already begun. So as we said, we're recording this end of November, but you'll likely hear it a little bit into December. So you'll be seeing like these ads and things already coming out and what brands are trying to do. But like in 2020, it's such a delicate time for Christmas and good word. communication, right? I feel like it's a delicate time for everything, diversity, inclusion, all like holidays, exactly. you know, everything's bubbling up to the surface. And so it is such a delicate time because you're balancing between, you know, do we focus on spreading joy? Do we focus on the spirit of the season and happiness and gifting and things you have to spend money on and all of that, but you don't want to risk, um, as we've talked about in other episodes as well, being tone deaf and really respecting the mood of the season, the mood of the country that you're in, the mood of, you know, the people and the communities. So it's, it's kind of what do you do, you know? Yeah. Do you embrace the delight or do you kind of have more of an acknowledging approach to say like, we get you, we understand what's going on. Um, and I think brands are kind of taking, you know, a couple of different approaches. And I'm not sure, Sean, if you've seen the um, Amazon Christmas ad that there's so much controversy about. No. Um, but it's called The Show Must Go On. So we'll put it in, in the notes as well, the link to it. It's a beautiful, like beautifully shot uh, piece of content. The story, the writing is gorgeous. The story is gorgeous. The, like the way that it plays out. 
Um, and it's called The Show Must Go On. And so it's it ends with this girl who is, you know, supposed to be in a big performance and practicing dance and, and really mastering her craft. And then clearly everything is shut down and she's not able to do it. And she does it um, on the roof of her kind of apartment building. And they help create this magical experience around it for her and all of this. And so it's so, I'm so torn between things like this because as I said, the film is beautiful to watch and I love watching it. I loved watching it. But what people are saying is coming from Amazon at a time like this, where you're saying the show must go on, is tone deaf, you know, from Amazon because their show's gone on. Like they are one of the brands really. Hey, buck up. Right? Buck up. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you can do this. Ugh. Yeah, exactly. And they're so they're obviously one of the brands that are thriving and have been considered an essential service the entire time when no local businesses and and all of that are being forced to shut down. And and so on the one hand, it's, it's something very nice to watch. On the other hand, perhaps not from Amazon, who's clearly spending a ton of money producing something like this when other businesses are suffering. So it's a it creates a yucky feeling in me. It does. Hey, sales-driven organization, no question, they're a store. They seize the easy opportunity. Um, And I don't know that it's going to disrupt very much because, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, oh, it was the low road. It's sales-driven. Was it a smart idea to make this the, the, pardon the, pardon the pun, but the hallmark of their holiday promotion? Was that really a smart idea? Right, exactly. So there's brands who are doing this type of work where it's like, we're trying to show you that we understand that we're there for you and that we're able to help you create these magical moments. So when she's kind of doing her performance, they were able to put together spotlights and lighting and music and things like that, obviously from things they had purchased on Amazon, which was easy for them to get. Even in a lockdown, you could get all of those things, which I get it. It's a natural tie-in completely to the brand, but again, just feels, you know, slightly yucky, even though they're trying to show you that they understand. Yeah. Maybe it needed to be balanced. Maybe it needs to be balanced with another concurrent story. Right. But yeah. Right. Yeah, totally. Interesting. And then there's other brands who are doing like funny, lighthearted moments. And I think really for me, I th- and I'd love to hear your perspective on it as well, um, is that at this time, I think more of the brand role is ease and delight. Like that's, I think it's kind of as simple as that. Um, and this one commercial or um, film that I saw from TK Maxx Christmas in the UK And I'll send you this ad and I'll post it in the notes, but it is just like, it really got me. It's this goat, this like tiny goat flaunting around a Christmas um, farmscape in a new flashy, sassy outfit. (laughs) And all of the other goats, they're just watching him walk around with this sassy outfit on and it pans to the inside of a little cottage home um, and a couple where (laughs) the woman asked the man did you get the goat a new luxury outfit (laughs) and the man says yeah she's had a hard year and she damn well deserved it 
<laughs> it's so <laughs> funny. And the goat like jumps through a snowbank, glides onto the ice, and it says like big love, small prices. And so it kind of is the nod to, you know what, sometimes you do just need to be able to get something at a great price that's a little pick-me-up that's making someone's day. And he damn well made this goat's day. And it's funny because I did read in the research I was doing how um, it's important at the holiday time to find, to, to utilize symbolism to avoid exclusion, right? So things like animals and toys and, and things like that um, yes. appeal better from a child. Like, so any story that's conveyed, it might be about an animal, an animal's point of view or a, a child like the little so I just love how I was like yeah that's true that's true oh my god it's a freaking goat I know and it's yeah for some reason it softens it instead of like decking out your whole family and all of the stuff that you bought it's yeah you're totally right it's a little bit of symbolism wow yeah that's it's adorable so, it's so cute I'm gonna send it to you and I'm like yeah and I think you're so right about the animals or the toys because um, a few years ago, Walmart did a really great Christmas ad with a teddy bear in it, a teddy. And these teddies like sold out immediately in the stores and they sent a bunch of them to children's hospitals. Um, and they used this teddy, you know, to kind of spread the word of Christmas and, and delight and things not having to cost a lot, you know, to make someone's day. And I think like Walmart in Canada, I think, um, has brought back that teddy this year. So again, kind of a symbol. Yeah, I was going to say when I when I went to walmart.ca, because I was buying oh, was something, it there? I think, uh, there was a giant billboard ad and it was the actual giant, like a life-size bear dancing around the Christmas tree and it was for Black Friday. I think it was the Christmas tree, but basically it was this giant bear. Right. Okay. Yeah, it's true. It's like, yes, it's about bringing back things is really important too, right? Like, was this teddy bear a potential symbol for just what Christmas can be? Very simply, a teddy bear. It's not expensive. It conveys a really nice, I'll say generic message. Perhaps that's just the perfect stance for Walmart to take, to not yeah. offend anybody, to not exclude anybody. Exactly. And like you say, it leans into the simplicity, the nostalgia, and the joy of gifting, which is kind of those three things that we're talking about, you know, hitting on. Yeah. Um, so there's so obviously there's a wide variety of things coming out, but it is a bit polarizing with the emotion on one or sorry, the um, heart tagging emotion on one side and the yeah. funny, delighted, lighthearted emotion kind of on the other side. Um, and then I think the other thing that some brands are starting to do really well is like, you know, don't spend a ton of money on a big Christmas ad. Just show me that you're going to help me do this <laughs> because I'm determined to make this a great Christmas for my family and for everyone that I know and get, get some things that are maybe not expensive but meaningful um, and just show me that you're going to be there for me. And I was reading about what Indigo's done in Strategy Magazine and I was actually lucky enough to be able to work on the Indigo holiday campaign this year. Nice. Name drop. Name drama. Yeah. And their their goal was really just to make the holidays simple, beautiful, and stress-free. Like it wasn't complicated. So they're supporting, they're enabling a Christmas that is that versus trying to be something that disrupts. Yeah. And they're trying to highlight to their customers, you know, we have amazing gifting opportunities for everyone on your list. 
Um, and their gifts are just beautiful and beautifully curated and it helps you find that thing that's special, but not necessarily expensive. It could just be a great book, you know? Yeah. And they're saying, you know, get it stress-free, get it online. You can pick it up out front in the store in under three hours. And so it's really under falling under just, you know, beauty and function. Like we'll help you get it. We'll help you get what you need and you can do this. You can holiday. I think their campaign's called holiday your way. So put it together your way and we're going to help you get there. You and I do this for companies. The hardest thing to do sometimes is to get them to state their value proposition. For Indigo, it was clear what they were trying to deliver. The benefit of stress-free, not complicated. You know, like it's like, yeah, it's so conveyable. I think Amazon, maybe it was so wrapped up in an emotion that it it took away from, okay, wait a minute, why am I using Amazon again? Especially for a brand that probably doesn't need to convey more than the benefits of what you want when you need it, staying safe. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and I think they were trying to, I think probably for Amazon, they their customers know so well now, especially because of the pandemic, that you can just get stuff easy. So they didn't necessarily have to focus on that message. It was more trying to connect emotionally with consumers to show like, we get you, we're a brand with a heart, we understand what you're going through. And so connecting more on an emotional level because they are already checking the box of their consumers knowing the functional level. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think there's different ways during a time like this to drive that love with having a message that perhaps is perhaps is more tonally on point. Yeah. So so anyways, all that to say, you know, brands are taking a bunch of different approaches. I think from my perspective, Anything that you can do, especially leading up to the holidays through digital channels, um, as you get closer to the actual day to provide that moment of happiness and reinforcing that the holiday can be wonderful with simple moments and especially stress-free, like like what um, Indigo's approach is, that we've got you and we're here for you and we're going to help you pull it off. I think that those are really important takeaways for brands to, to think about. Yeah. That's a great message. Once you make a sale, you have a tremendous opportunity, especially as a brand, to increase the likelihood of them wanting to buy again, not by getting in their face yet again. Because as soon as something better comes along, you lose them. So it's that idea of, you know, the value of retaining customers, the value of winning them back on different terms is going to be so crucial. And I would say if you want to disrupt anything, disrupt at the company first. Like take yeah. your playbook from last Christmas, throw it out. <laughs> Literally. Well, maybe throw you can throw it in, throw the, it in the fire. You know, it's cold. So maybe you throw can throw it in the, the fire. fire with a KFC 11 herbs and spices Yule log. And You're take so good. the time to dive into what people are actually feeling like and how, like you said, you can just be there for them. Well, that was a great conversation. I'm just more and more in the holiday spirit. I think today's message was just, you know, meaningful marketing. It will stick where it works for people, where it does allow them to enjoy their time. And I think this is all good. And I, I put the challenge on brands and marketers to really help bring that to life. They will not be forgotten if they do that. Yes, I totally agree. Awesome. Thank you, Sean. Do you want to end with something about blue glasses or no, you're good? I don't because I have so little strain in my eyes right now. I completely didn't even remember I was wearing them. (laughs) (laughs) Have a great week, Lindsay. Everyone, 
hang in there. Happy Christmas shopping, however you do it. And uh, we'd love to hear from you if you have any questions or if you have any recommendations or want to share what you're doing differently this year or that brands, how brands have taken a new role in your holiday. Uh, feel free to comment. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah. Also, if you disagree, if for some reason you watch the Amazon ad and you don't take away the same thing, go that away. it's tone deaf or yeah, go away. Don't ever, don't ever talk to us. <laughs> no, but tell us, let us know. We want to hear how people actually feel about it because we're kind of analyzing it from, you know, both our pr consumer perspective and strategy perspective, but we'd love to hear your opinions as well. So let us know and stay safe and have a happy holiday. Happy holidays. Bye, Lindsay. You. Oh, and wait for our Christmas card to come out. It's going to be epic. Okay, bye. Have a great bye. day. Bye. That's it for this episode, my fellow marketeers. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did, subscribe to this podcast at thetwomarketeers.ca. That's thetwomarketeers.ca. Spell it out. Be sure to tune in for more marketing adventures every month from us, the Two Marketeers. But you can just call us Sean and Lindsay. Actually, I would prefer wise guy. Yeah, I, I know you would. We're not, we're not doing that.